Well, good morning. My apologies for being so long, and my apologies for not having recorded some of these readings separate from my comments. So I'm going to repair that now, beginning with Chapter 7 of Kamala Sheila's um, Stages of Meditation. So Chapter 7 is Common Prerequisites for Meditating on Calm Abiding and Special Insight. Initially, the yogi should seek the prerequisites that can assist him in actualizing calm, abiding meditation and special insight quickly and easily. The prerequisites necessary for the development of calm, abiding meditation are to live in a conducive environment, to limit your desires and practice contentment, not being involved in too many activities, maintaining pure moral ethics, and fully eliminating attachment and all other kinds of conceptual thoughts. A conducive environment should be known by these five characteristics, providing easy access to food and clothes, being free of evil beings and enemies, being free from disease, containing good friends who maintain moral ethics and who, are, and who share similar views and being visited by few people in the daytime and with little noise at night. Limiting, limiting your desires refers to not being exclusively attached to many or good clothes, such as religious robes and so forth. The practice of contentment means always being satisfied with any little thing, like inferior religious robes and so forth. Not being involved in many activities refers to giving up ordinary activities like business, avoiding too close association with householders and monks, and totally abandoning the practice of medicine and astrology. Even in the case of the statement that a transgression of the hearer's vows cannot be restored, if there is regret and an awareness of the intention not to repeat it, and an awareness of the lack of a true identity of the mind that performed the action, or familiarity with the lack of a true identity of all phenomena, that person's morality can be said to be pure. This should be understand, understood from the Sutra on the elimination of Ajatashatru's regret. You should overcome your regret and make special effort in meditation. Being mindful of the various defects of attachment in this life and future lives helps eliminate misconceptions in this regard. Some common features of both beautiful and ugly things in the cycle of existence are that they are all unstable and subject to disintegration. It is beyond doubt that you'll be separated from all of these things without delay. So meditate on why you should be so excessively attached to these things, and then discard all misconceptions. What are the prerequisites of special insight? They are relying on holy persons, seriously seeking extensive instruction and proper contemplation. What type of holy person should you rely upon? One who has heard many teachings? who expresses himself clearly, who is endowed with compassion and able to withstand hardship. What is meant by seriously seeking extensive instruction? This is to listen seriously with respect 
to the definitive and interpretable meaning of the twelve branches of the Buddha's teachings. The unraveling of the thought, Sutra, says, not listening to superior beings' teachings, as you wish, is an obstacle to special insight. The same sutra says special insight arises from its cause, correct view, which in turn arises from listening and contemplation. The questions of Narayana Sutra says, Through the experience of listening to teachings, you gain wisdom, and with wisdom, disturbing emotions are thoroughly pacified. What is meant by proper contemplation? It is properly establishing the definitive and interpretable sutras. When bodhisattvas are free of doubt, they can meditate single-pointedly. Otherwise, if doubt and indecision beset them, they will be like a man at a crossroads, uncertain of which path to follow. Yogis should at all times avoid fish, meat, and so forth, should eat with moderation and avoid foods that are not conducive to health. Thus, bodhisattvas, who have assembled all the prerequisites for calm abiding meditation and special insight, should enter into meditation. When meditating, the yogi should first complete all the preparatory practices. He should go to the toilet, and in a pleasant location, free of disturbing noise, he should think, I will deliver all sentient beings to the state of enlightenment. Then he should manifest great compassion, the thought, wishing to liberate all sentient beings and pay homage to all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas in the ten directions by touching the five limbs of his body to the ground. He should place an image of the Buddha and Bodhisattvas, such as a painting, in front of or in some other place. He should make as many offerings and praises as he can. He should confess his misdeeds and rejoice in the merit of all other beings. Then he should sit in the full lotus, po lotus posture of Vairokana, or the half-lotus posture on a comfortable cushion. The eyes should not be too widely open or too tightly closed. Let them focus on the tip of the nose. The body should not be bent forward or backward. Keep it straight and turn the attention inwards. The shoulders should rest in their natural position, and the head should not lean back, forward, or to either side. The nose should be in line with the navel. The teeth and lips should rest in their natural state, with the tongue touching the upper palate. Breathe very gently and softly, without causing any noise, without laboring and without unevenness. Inhale and exhale naturally, slowly and unnoticeably. So there you have it. Chapter 7 of the Stages of Meditation by Kamala Sheila.